Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Hey, Crime Creeps. Welcome back to the Case Watch Podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Charity. And we are back with another great episode. First, we want to let you know how you can follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram. We are at Case Watch Podcast. Twitter, Case Watch Pod. Make sure that you check out our website, www.casewatchpodcast.com. There's links to all of our merch and stickers. You can also join the exclusive Crime Creep Club by clicking the Buy Us a Coffee tab. We hope to join you in there soon. Hey, Mark. Yes. We've gotten some feedback from our crime creeps about our merch. It is now officially in writing that we have the best merch. I know. I saw that on the Apple (laughs) uh, review. I loved it. Thank you so much, crime creep, for that comment. And guys, I'm not going to lie. I may or may not have bought some more things for myself. So my entire wardrobe is just going to be all crime creep. I'm going to be wearing crime creeps everywhere. Everywhere. I can't help it. I'm going to stick it all over my car. Awesome. So exciting. I can't wait to see the people who bought our stickers when they start sending (gasps) us the pictures of what they stick it to. That and if you buy when you when and if you do buy merch, please send us like a selfie of you wearing one of the shirts or hoodies or whatever. I know that I personally brought a bundle of stickers to the post office to mail out to our creeps and we appreciate it. Yay. Awesome. All right. We have some breaking news here in Massachusetts. And wow. Wow is right. I can't even believe it. So a car and identification belonging to Judy Chartier, who was a teen who disappeared in 1982, was found this week in a Massachusetts river in some of the first discoveries in almost four decades, Cherry. Wow. Gosh, that, that seems almost 40 un- years, almost unreal. Authorities also found as of yet unidentified human remains in the same location. Chartier of Chelmsford, Massachusetts was last seen June 5th, 1982. I was four years old. 
I'm not going to say how old I was. It was 2 a.m. after leaving a party with friends. She was just 17 years old. On Tuesday, the Massachusetts State Police and civilian divers found a 1972 Dodge Dart Swinger belonging to Chartier in the Concord River. Authority used a portable sonar equipment to locate the vehicle. The Concord River is in eastern Massachusetts. It's about an hour from Boston. Divers returned to the waters Wednesday near the area where the car was discovered. That's when they found the additional human remains, clothing, a purse, and it contained work identification that belonged to Chartier. So, Mark, let me ask you this. So the human remains, the body clearly was in the water, right? This this is just so sad. I wonder what the remains looked like or how much if they can identify the actual that it was actually her from DNA after this many years. I think they, they'll be able to do some sort of identification. Like, yeah. I think they'll be able to put some closure to this case. I was also reading that her like identification and some of her personal items that were found lo- almost looked untouched, which is bizarre, right? I mean, if it was inside the car, I guess I could see how if it was like in a glove box or. I mean, bizarre in one aspect, but from what I'm reading here and I can't make speculation, it, it almost seems like this was a non-foul play issue. Maybe she left the party. She unfortunately didn't navigate the road properly yep. and went into the river. I mean, she was only 17. We can't speculate until we know, no. but that kind of you know, makes it seem to me maybe what happened, but this is an ongoing case. Chelmsford police chief said that the dive team is going to return to the water soon in an effort to uncover more evidence. This is a major, major case development. Let's be honest. Major. Now, Mark, do you think, how do you think they were alerted to the fact to look there for the car? Do you think someone kind of saw a piece of it or did something float up? A passerbyer? I mean, that is the $20 million question. Yeah. Interesting. I'm sure I don't more know. will come out. I don't know what has changed because we're not at a really low water point right now. Right. Something alerted to them to that area and they're holding on to that piece of information. They have not released why they've searched that spot. The other thing that's very sad to me is hopefully she has family members that are still currently living. She, she does have, have some relatives. Good. Unfortunately, her parents did pass away years oh ago and gosh. they never knew what happened to their that daughter. That is like the worst nightmare for a parent to have have no idea your your child just poof gone well this is a case that has rocked the chelmsford community for the better part of four decades so at least this adds some sort of closure to this case it does Um, We will bring updates as they become available to us as well, because it is, like we said, an active ongoing case and they are going to be releasing more information as well. Definitely. All right, Charity, will you grace us with some Triple D, please? We need to add some humor to this episode, please, because it's going to be a rough one. Mark, I would love to add some Triple D. Excellent. So, Mark, one of our crime creeps, Ashley, actually just sent me this little tidbit that I'd like to read. So we have a listener Triple D submission. We have a listener Triple D. All right. You guys, remember, if you have Triple D submissions, send them to us. So this is the title of this Triple D. Corbin woman allegedly stabs cousin after getting into an argument over a sex toy. Thought I should say that one in ASMR. Sex toy. Sex toy. Okay, sorry. Here we go, guys. A Corbin woman is facing several charges, including second-degree assault after she allegedly stabbed her cousin following an argument over a sex toy. This must be a pretty freaking awesome sex toy. Like, this thing must be, like, grand and just in the need. 
I can't wait till they have to get up on the witness statement and like the lawyer's like, tell me what you did with that sex toy. So I, I smacked him with the sex toy. Like, this is this is great. I love it. So according to an arrest citation, an officer was dispatched to Mitchell Hill Road on Saturday afternoon in reference to a stabbing. It states Crystal Denham called 911 stating she stabbed her cousin. So guys, she stabbed her cousin over this alleged sex toy that must be, again, magnificent and then called the police herself. On herself. So her cousin was Michael Barton, who is also her neighbor. Denim was sweeping the porch when an officer got to the scene. Oh, that's she was just tidying up for the police to come. Denim told the officer Barton came to her home and they got into an argument over the sex toy. She borrowed it and he said he wanted it back. The citation says she told him to get off the... Wait. It must be a dual... This okay. When you had said cousins, I assumed it was two female cousins. No, it must be a dual sex toy. Like maybe it's like you could, it could be used on a male, female, whatever. Continue. Okay, hold on. Interesting. And when he grabbed, so let me go back a little bit. The citation says she told him to get off her property, and when he grabbed her by the elbow, she used the kitchen knife she was holding in her hand to stab him. Barton's injuries were considered minor, and he refused medical treatment. He told the officer, Denim began acting crazy, and she stabbed him when he went to leave. You know what, guys? Some people just need, you know, to get upset when they they need a fix from this sex toy, I guess. I don't know. When the officer told Denim she was under arrest, the citation says Denim started to yell and said she wasn't going to jail. The officer pulled out a taser. That usually works oh well. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. The officer pulled out a taser and according to the citation, she formed a fist with each of her hands, bladed her body in a fighting stance, swelled her chest out and began approaching the officer. The officer stepped to the side and pushed Denim to where she became compliant and placed under arrest. Denim was charged with second-degree assault, second-degree disorderly conduct, menacing, and resisting arrest. Oh, my God. That one was amazing. Is there no charge for smuggling the sex toy? I guess the sex toy, no, because it was just, you know, an argument over it. And he didn't want to press charges because he probably wanted a sex toy back. He didn't want it to go into evidence, I'm sure. Right? This is great. If it's that that great of a sex toy, you don't want the police confiscating that. You need that. This is a case of total douchebag. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for sending that to us. That's great. Do we have any more? Of course. Excellent. Next. So our next triple D is a man that tells cops that everyone drives drunk. Everyone does it, Mark, according to him. Okay. Would you like me to, to read on? I'm assuming he told this while drunk, but let's continue. I mean, we can't assume that. That's right. We don't assume things no. on this show. What do we do when we assume, Mark? We do what? We make an ass out of charity in you. <laughs> Not me. (laughs) I can't with him. Okay. A New Jersey man, Daniel Pratz, was pulled over around midnight on New Year's Eve after he was seen going through a stop sign and also almost plowed into a police canine unit's vehicle. In his own defense, he allegedly told a cop, it's New Year's Eve. Everyone drives drunk. Pratz was cited for DUI, refusal to take a breathalyzer and reckless driving. Yeah, uh, buddy, not everybody does it. And that's not a good defense. Like... (laughs) Oh, I almost just like killed some canines in your canine vehicle because, you know, it's New Year's Eve and everybody drives drunk on New Year's Eve. It's like not a big deal. It's like totally I'm drunk. Like, like at least totally. I'm not stabbing my cousin over a sex toy. Yeah. I'm not stabbing people over a sex toy. Come on now. Or like shooting myself in my testicle because I have drugs in my anus. I don't Man. know if you guys remember one of those previous triple that, that was a good one. Yeah. All right. I would also say that this guy is a total douchebag. Yeah. He's definitely douchebag status. All right, Charity, I need to get the douche off of me. So can you please give me one more as a douche palate cleanser, please? I really am going to. And this one is just amazing. So adult entertainment inspector, that was in quotes, was totally lying to get free. Well, you know what? 
Here we go. This sounds good already. Andrew Libby, a cheapskate porn addict with majestic hair, was arrested for impersonating a cop and demanding copies of pornographic movies from an adult video store. Claiming to be an age verification detective, Libby told the store's employees that his job was to make sure the movie stars were at least 18 years old. The workers didn't buy his story and reported him. What an idiot. And what kind of majestic hair was it? I don't know, but that's creative. It's creative, but like, I want to see a picture. I want to see what kind of majestic hair he had. I'm going to look this up online. If we can find a mugshot of this majestic hair, we will put it into the show notes and the Facebook post if, as well. If you're going to use the word majestic, I want something fantastic. I want like a big pompadour or maybe, maybe something like lots of hairspray. Maybe like, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm looking for. Maybe some 80s hair. This is great though. This is creative. This is creative use of talents. I mean, he's a total dipshit, but it is creative. Yeah, I was just going to say, I totally agree with dipshit on this one. You know what the funny part is, is he sat at home and he thought about this. And how can I get some free porn? Never minding that you could just go on your phone or your computer. Um, Mark, he wanted old school. And also, guys, did anyone see the movie? Do you think the old school porn had uh, sideburns? Probably. <laughs> Just curious. Did anybody see the movie Superbad? I love that movie. McLovin. McLovin. McLovin is amazing. And all he did was, you know, want to buy some alcohol. So he made up a whole persona of himself. So it can be done, I guess. <laughs> I need to watch Superbad again. Let's watch it together. When they blow that cop car up at the end. Yeah. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in one. Offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. Love it. Let's watch it together. We should. We should. Moving on, guys, we have some updated information on the missing people found during the Gabby Petito search. So we thought we would read off a couple of the people that they have actually found due to this case. I think we should. I do as well. So Mark, on September 18th, after a possible laundry sighting or douchebag sighting, whichever you guys would prefer, was reported at a Walmart in Tillman's Corner. Police found the body of a homeless man while searching the area. The man's name has not yet been released by the Mobile County Sheriff's Office. The man's body was found next to a dumpster. That's sad. That is sad. But he, sad. They, at least they were able to discover him. And they do know who he is. They're just not release, releasing it okay, yet. The more that's I good, read, um, I think probably they want to try to see if they can identify family members, probably, because that's the right thing to do. You would identify to the family members first before you release Correct. the name. On September 28th, while searching in Wyoming, the authorities recovered the body of Robert Lowry. He was a 46-year-old Houston man and was a father of two. He was reported missing August 20th. He was found dead at the base of the Teton National Forest. Sadly, the cause of death was a self-inflicted gunshot wound. So to the head. sad. We had mentioned him before. When we they did. Found I him. didn't know that that Neither it was. Neither did a... I. When I read that, that was must have been new information that came back. That is so sad. He went there. To, looks like he to commit suicide. That is horrible. Oh my gosh! But at least he's been found, you know? I, yes. Bring some closure to that family. So after another possible douchebag sighting in Blue Ridge Mountain, searchers discovered the remains of Josu Calderon. This was in North Carolina's Watauga County. His cause of death was murder. The 33-year-old man from Rhode Island was stabbed to death, according to National Park Services, and his body looked as if it had been dumped. Ugh, my man, gosh. 
there's a lot of cases that just go without the national exposure. So yep. guys, keep them coming to us. Keep because them coming. And we and, are building cases off of what you guys send and in And if to we us. can get people's attention on these cases that have not been solved and get search parties going, I mean, look what can happen. Look at all of these people that may never have, have never been found or years, maybe 40 years, like the one we just read about. Correct. Sarah Bayard was a 55-year-old woman last seen at a convenience store in Parker, Colorado on June 28th. She was reported missing on the 4th of July. The Denver Channel reported that she was found dead in Parker, Colorado on October 9th. Sarah's cause of death hasn't yet been released. The Reddit community were the ones who put her name out there when it said searchers were in that area. So how amazing is that? So when the Reddit community was, you know, Gabby Petito searches were being reported all over Reddit. They were the ones who said, hey, listen, this is a missing person that may be in that area. And that is why initial searches took place in that area. So see, if we all come together and just get the word out, we can certainly help find people. Absolutely. This one's sad, Mark. So while hiking alone, Lauren Cho, a 30-year-old chef from New Jersey, went missing on June 28th. Her case got extra attention due to the Gabby case. Her remains were found on October 9th in the open desert, and there really hasn't been any other information as of yet. But that's sad. The hiking alone scares me. Because there's so many stories, male or female, that go out hiking by themselves, and they're, they're never to return. And who knows what happens? Could meet foul play, a wild animal, run out of water, dehydration. It's just it's so sad. And I just, I don't know. It really makes me scared. I wish they could have, find a device where for hikers that they could wear that could track their every move and they could be found. I don't know. I don't they know do have they could, those. Do they? Yep, they do. So people, some people just don't choose to. Just choose to not wear them, Well, I also know in a lot of these areas, there's no like service of any sort. Well, there are devices that you can wear that go around your neck that are satellite based. Okay. They, you just have to pay for them. Okay. All right. We'll see. They're, they're not that. overly expensive, but yeah. But I mean, still. All right. And Kylan Schultz and Crystal Turner were newlyweds and their homicide was in the beginning officially linked to the Petito case. The couple were found shot at a campsite near Moab on August 18th. Just days before their death, they had told their friends there was a creepy man staying next to their site. This is a really sad. This is a case I want to I explore. Wanna, absolutely, because from all accounts, their killer is still on the loose. I think this is one that we're going to start covering they, a little more. They actually described to their friends what the killer looked like. Yeah, we had a ton of people who actually sent messages in at the beginning that, that this was involving Brian Laundrie because when the police had brought him back into town after him and Gabby had their incident, yep. that he was close by to where they went missing. But that had been proved oh, numerous times that, that well, he had, there was no things evidence. didn't just line up. There was yeah. no evidence to that. Yeah. And I got to address something else really quick because I've had a ton of people say to me, you guys pronounce Brian Laundrie and, and his whole family's name wrong, that it's Laundrie. We're well aware of that, but Laundrie basket sounds funny. <laughs> So we just decided to stick with laundry because laundry basket sounds better to us. That's right. So sorry. Sorry. That is what it is. Charity, your turn. (laughs) So next, 22 year old Emily Fralazzo, I believe is how it's pronounced. She's the most recent person that was found. She was reported missing when just like the laundry case, her douchebag husband, Joseph Fralazzo, returned to her parents' home in New Hampshire alone, telling them that he had not seen his wife since the previous Saturday. They were living in a small bus and drove to Vermont to celebrate their first wedding anniversary. The day after Emily was reported missing, douchebag allegedly confessed to the shooting of his wife in the head and dismembering her body. Oh my God. Yeah, this guy was- looking into this case too we are looking into this case and of course they're saying allegedly because there's been no you know there's been an arrest but there's been no trial and no you know it's just happened that's what i don't understand on the whole allegedly 
because because he's admitted to it. He did, but now he's lawyered up, and the lawyer oh, probably, he oh, he was it? under distress. Who knows? I mean, gotcha. that's what they do, though. Well, that is one good thing that's come out of all of this bad is at least there's a lot of families now that had closure that they may have not been able to get. Exactly. All right, on to the main part of this episode. We're going to be discussing Cleo Smith, and this case had me riveted from the moment I saw about this. This case is wild, and it's very unheard of. It can happen that a child is found this long after they go missing. It's so rare. But it's so rare and so wonderful at the same time. And I'll be honest with you from the get-go, as soon as I read this case and started seeing the stories, the first thing that popped into my head is like, I've heard this case before. Like, Mm -hmm. Dingo took my baby. Yes. Like, that's the first thing that popped into my head when this whole case popped up. Yep. I'm just so glad that that is not the outcome here. Right. So just give some background information. Four-year-old Cleo Smith lived with her mother, Ellie Smith, stepfather, Jake Glidden, and her sister in Carnarvon, Western Australia. At approximately 6.30 p.m., October 15th, 2021, the family arrived at the Blowholes campsite in McLeod. That's roughly 50 miles north of Carnarvon for a weekend visit. Cleo's mother, Ellie, said that the girl had gone to bed in the family's tent around 8 p.m., but she woke up at 1.30 a.m. asking for water and then went back to bed after having her drink. When the family woke at 6 a.m. on October 16th, they discovered both Cleo and her sleeping bag were missing. The tent that the family was sleeping in was almost open to its fully open position. So a lot of people were speculating at first that, oh, maybe she got up and took off. But with the tent being in the fully open position, it was above her reach. So that right right off the bat says, no, that's not the case here. Right. Could you imagine waking up that morning? No, absolutely. So, all right. So let me ask you this. They're all in the same tent. They're in the same tent. From what I have gathered, this is one of those multi-room tents. Okay. Because we, I have a tent like that. Okay. Um, a lot of people were saying, oh, you wouldn't hear the tent open or you wouldn't hear this. From what I gather, it was there was like multiple. It was a segmented tent. Yes. Basically. So that's what's being reported, you know, out online. As a father, the first thing that hits me is just like, this is my worst nightmare. Right. You tuck your child in at night. You're safe. You're all in the same tent. Even if there are like different rooms in the tent, you're all in the same tent. So your family is together. You're on a family camping trip together. You're relaxing. It's supposed to be a fun thing. You wake up in the morning and one of your children is gone. Yeah. I, I would. My like I could throw up right now. It's that's just so scary. Yeah. So the family woke right up. They they briefly searched the area for Cleo and they informed the police at six twenty three a.m. after they realized that she was not in the vicinity of the campsite. Oh my god! A police car was dispatched seven minutes after the phone call and arrived at the campsite at seven ten. So they had a pretty fast response time. Yeah. I'll give them that. They did. They were right on it. Police conducted air, land, and sea searches around the area for most of the day. Ellie stated that Cleo had not left by herself, stating on October 19th that she would never leave us. She would never leave that tent. Mm-hmm. So she, it there sounds was a, like... There were a lot of people that were saying that... She just wandered off or whatever. Yeah. But here's the thing, guys. She was, she's four, right? Correct. So at four years old, you can have that conversation with your child. Listen, you do not go running off by yourself anywhere. You stay with one of your parents at all times. And the child can understand that at age four. I'm not saying it can't happen because There's going to be a sort of fear factor to the child, too. They're not going right. to just take off and wander off. Off. Come on, in the pitch dark. So I'm wondering how she was taken without like making a sound or yeah. if she did make a sound. I mean, was there like, I wonder if we'll, we'll get into it. You continue on first. 
On October 20th, Acting Deputy Commissioner Daryl Gaunt of the Western Australia Police Force said that claims that the case were being treated as an adoption were not correct, explaining that the case was being treated primarily as a search and rescue case. That's scary when you hear that because a search and rescue case at that point now they're like, oh, she's not missing and we're just looking for her at that well, point. Well, I mean, in their defense, the majority of the time, unfortunately, that is what happens when a child of this age goes missing. Yeah, unfortunately, correct. Yeah. Inspector John Monday said on the same day that the zipper on Cleo's tent was higher than she could have reached, stating that the positioning of the zipper was a primary factor that had given rise to the concerns about Cleo's safety. Mm, not good. And that just feeds to the fear for these parents. My gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would have, if I was those parents, I would have went to every single tent and I would have been asking questions at that point. Yep. They, I mean, maybe they, they, did. they probably they did. did. I was just going to say. It was announced October 21st that the police believed that Cleo had been abducted with Western Australia Premier Mark McGowan announcing a $1 million reward for anyone with information on her disappearance. Various Australian media organizations reported that this reward attracted bounty hunters to Carnivon to search for Cleo. While police did not rule out the possibility that Cleo had been taken out of Western Australia to another state, Police Commissioner Chris Dawson noted that strict border controls that had been put into place due to COVID-19 pandemic would have made the undetectable travel a lot more difficult. So a little bit of good there that, yeah, they're going to ver- verify everybody in any vehicle. So that that's, that's a little good. Yeah, definitely. So at that point, all of us, come on, let's be honest, we were all, we're expecting the worst to come forward. And that family probably was as well. We've all seen this time and time again. Just recently, a boy found in the shallow grave. It's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. Believable. Well, the difference here is that little boy's parents were douchebags. These parents are These parents are fantastic. Yes. All right. On November 3rd, 2021, Cleo was found by police alive and well. Amazing. She was inside a locked Carnivon home located minutes from where her family's home was. Isn't that unbelievable? Unbelievable. Because there's been other cases where they've actually found like abducted children and come to find out that they were living like a neighborhood away. Here's my question. Was he casing her? That's what I was wondering as well. They have not discussed any part of that. Like, you know, because it was said that he went to that campground, right? To Because he's like a petty thief to steal, like try to get money out of people's. Oh, you just wait, Charity. This guy is more than a petty thief. He is a weirdo. Oh, I've I've watched a bunch of videos and stuff. So, yes, I can't wait to get into that. Oh, I was not ready for what they said they found in this guy's house. So that's for sure. <laughs> a 36 year old man was subsequently taken into custody after a car he was driving was stopped by police. Cleo was reunited with her family the same day. Deputy Commissioner Colonel Blanche said that the police had broken into the house at 12.46 a.m., finding Cleo in one of the rooms. Dawson called the day of the discovery one of the most remarkable days in policing in Western Australia. Wow, I'm sure it was. Yeah, you were expecting the worst. All of us were, and so weren't they. Let's be honest, the police were as well. Did you watch the video when they found her? Yes. It was so sweet. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It was so sweet. That's something that these officers for the rest of their life will will just hold and cherish in their hearts. You have to, because of all the bad they see, you have to have take this this good, you know? Oh, 100%. Dawson went on and explained that forensic leads had led them to obtain a search warrant for this house where Cleo was found. The man was taken into custody and had no connection to Cleo's family, but was known to police. Hmm. This goes back to what you say. Mm -hmm. He, He may have had no direct connection to the family. Right. 
but he may have known her. Oh, is that why he, did he follow them because he knew that they were taking off to Who go knows? camping? We don't know. Who knows? I find it very weird that they live in the same neighborhood, but abducts her 60 miles north and then brings her back to the same neighborhood where she lived. Right. It was he, maybe he was there. Maybe he didn't know they were going there, but maybe he was there doing something else. This is another side to, to it. Like I said, maybe they had like, cause I had read somewhere that there was speculation. He was there to, to like try to get money out of people's tents and maybe clothes and whatever. And maybe when he went into their tent and saw her, her, this little girl who he's seen many times was like, oh, here's my opportunity. Just, yeah, it very well could be. Just speculation. To me, uh, my speculation more leads me to believe that he went up there for this purpose. Like he followed them. That, that I mean, come on, what's the case that that's the tent that you're breaking into that you take the child out of is the one that you live in the same neighborhood you of? You know what? You're right. It's it's It could be a coincidence. Who knows? But it could be a coincidence, but I don't, I, don't, I just personally don't feel like yeah. it is. He was, tar- you think he was targeting her? He had to have been. Yeah. I mean, we're going to find out a lot more because this case is just breaking wide yeah, open He better now. start flopping his gums, I'll tell you that, because this family needs some answers in this poor little girl. Oh, at this point, I'm so happy that this family has her back. Me too. But yeah, I would want answers. This yeah. guy needs to be held accountable. Right. The man suspected of the crime was described as very quiet in an oddball by his neighbors, but had not been under any suspicion by them. He had fallen under police suspicion the day before his arrest. His crime was described as opportunistic by the police superintendent. So they're saying that it was, like you said, opportunistic, but I just feel that it's too coincidental. Yeah. It's just so, there's so much more here. Yeah. The discovery was attributed by the police to a key clue of a car spotted driving from the campsite in the early hours of October 16th. People, remember, this is why. See something, say, say something. something. Because this case was solved because somebody saw a car yep. out of place and reported it. And said to themselves, that's strange. Now imagine if nobody ever said anything about I that know, car. I know. On October 4th, 2021, police charged 36-year-old Terrence Daryl Kelly. There it is again. Yep. Three names. It's three first names. How many times do we see that these psychos end up having three first names? Oh, I have a, I have, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> 36-year-old Terrence Daryl Kelly with two offenses, including one count of forcibly taking a child under 16. He appeared before the Carnivon Magistrates Court and did not apply for bail. The matter will return to court on December 6th, 2021. Kelly was flown to Perth on November 5th, 2021, and was transferred to Karajian Prison. I, I butchered that. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're sorry. All right, guys, when they found her, this house was full of Bratz dolls. Like, full. Full. Like, he had a Facebook page that showed his collection, and it was extensive. All in the boxes. Very reminiscent of, like, 40-year-old virgin. When yeah. he had all those toys still in the boxes, except these were not like cool robot toys and stuff. These were Bratz dolls. Bratz dolls. Unbelievable. Which, which nothing against Bratz dolls. No, but it's not something that you would expect a 36-year-old male to have. You know what else, Mark? What's that? So he actually, his social media showed that he had a family. Like he made up a fake family persona. That's it, because it said he was single. Yep. And even um, showed a picture of a pregnant stomach with the caption saying, not long now. So he wanted people to think that he had a wife or significant other and children. Wait a minute. Or maybe was he preparing people as to why all of a sudden maybe he would have a child in the future that he just abducted? 
Maybe, but she was four. I don't know. Something's weird here. You think? Yeah, I just read too that this douche nozzle had posted a message saying that that adults need to be careful online too the day that uh, Cleo was allegedly abducted. But guess what? His Facebook page also sent a follow request to Cleo's mom's page that day. On the day she was abducted? He started following her. So he, oh, that's But so he strange. posted on his page that day this message. I can't accept friends requests from strangers. I live a private life and I respect those who are on my friends list and ensure their privacy. Privacy is respected too. Us adults need to be careful online too. I have so many questions, Mark. I have so. My first question is going back to the tent, right? Okay. Do you think he like covered her mouth with something that would like keep her asleep before she even woke up so she wouldn't make any sounds and just grabbed her and the sleeping bag and just put her in the car? It's very possible. He may have went and saw her and just immediately muffled her mouth and just took off. Like immediately so quick, the door was already open and I his think car he, got it right in If and this took was off. an opportunistic thing that they keep saying, yeah. this is like, oh, maybe he just grabbed and took. And my other question. So it was said that when she was found, she was just simply awake playing with dolls. She didn't seem scared. She she wasn't crying. Uh, she was clean. She wasn't complaining that she was hungry. She was well taken care she of. She was they well said. taken care of. She had a full. I just hope and pray. I hope and pray that she was not taken advantage They're of. They're saying there was no evidence right now of physical Thank abuse. God. But um, I did read that a specialist, a child specialist, psychiatrist or psychologist, probably that deals with the law enforcement that is going to get as much information from her in a way that only they know how so that we can piece together what really took place. I mean, did he just want to play? Did he just never grow up? I don't know. I know. Here I am. And I, you know, I am speculating the worst. So I, I right. do apologize for that. Who knows? Maybe there is a very significant mental illness going on here. Oh, yeah. And maybe because there is that whole thing where you you are a regressive person where you can be 36 years old, but mentally you're 10. Or he could have multiple personalities. And one of them is a four year old girl and just wanted a playmate. I'm just throwing it all out there because I don't know. Time will tell. This is this is a case that's not going away anytime soon. It's this, not this going is away unbelievable. Soon. Nope. And it's just, I mean, I'm just thank you that she was found because these, ugh, I've been following it and the, the poor mother, the anguish, just, you know, that's your baby. You know, and of course you're thinking the worst. A day goes by, another day goes by. How many days was it fully? 19 days. She was missing 19 days. 19 days. Oh my God. I wonder if she, he like bought her clothes. Like there's so many questions I have. Did he buy her clothes? Did he sit and talk with her, you know, and find out what her favorite meals were? You know, does this person have a multiple personality? I mean, why didn't the neighbors this cleo had to have made noise I in don't this know. apartment i don't know she just seems like a sweet little girl that's just a friendly little sweet girl i mean the, the police officers asked her name twice and on the third time he asked what's your name she said my name's cleo with this cute little sweet little voice so maybe she's just a happy-go-lucky little girl and isn't a little girl that cries a lot you know who knows yeah so this i can't wait to see what comes of this i i hope that elise terrence daryl kelly i feel like if you're gonna have three first names i'm gonna say them all every time. Right. I hope that he at least fills us in on everything that had happened and what had transpired. I hope so. Don't be a douchebag. Tell the story. This family needs to know what yep. happened and then you need to be sent away. Right. And then it, whether you need mental help or you need prison, one of the two, you need one of the two. Because we've talked about this a lot. We've talked about how if somebody has been diagnosed with a mental illness, they need to be sent to a facility and they need to be fully evaluated either before they do their time or instead of doing time. Because if they're not going to be rehabilitated or even if they can't be rehabilitated, at least get them as mentally healthy as possible before they hit the jail.
Correct, because we had talked about last week, that case that we're actually going to dive into on next week's episode, which I'm very excited about, that there's warehousing people and then there's treating people. Yes, and I know- We need to stop warehousing people because if the goal of the criminal justice system is to reform offenders, warehousing them is not going to do anything. So basically, you're taking somebody with an untreated uh, issue or an untreated uh, diagnosis and just letting them sit and think for years on what they're going to do when they get out. You need to be proactive. If this is the way we're going to do our criminal justice system, we need to actively help these people overcome their issues. I do know that people in jail do take psychiatric drugs. They're prescribed. I get that, that, you know, they're making an effort, but a full facility where they're fully monitored at all times for their mental issues is what is needed in something like that. Correct. And when you are in prison, it is a very structured day for you. Right. You don't get the choice that, oh, I'm not taking my medicine today. Right. You're taking your medicine that day. Yeah. You don't have time to go out and abduct children. Right. But what happens when you, once you're done being warehoused and they decide, oh, you've now served 18 years, so you're rehabilitated, quote unquote. Yeah. Now go off into the world where you can come off your medicines and go back to act the way you used to and reoffend. Right. Because some people, it could, it could be as simple as a money situation. You don't have the money to pay for your medication, so you're not going to take it. You're going to come off of it because you think you'd, Correct. a lot of people when they get on the right medication feel so good that they're like, I don't need this medication anymore. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Exactly. So they come off the medication and that is when bad things can happen. And when you're in prison, you don't have that choice because you're taking that medicine. It's not your choice. Right. So you could have perfect behavior for 25 years. Now imagine instead of being shoved into prison and being told to take your medicine, now we rehabilitate you. We put you into a, say, mental health facility where we help you discover your issues and help you show you ways to overcome them and maybe to understand your own triggers. And it could be a maximum security mental facility. Oh, 100%. You know, because if you're if you are a person who has committed such a heinous crime, yes, you should not be out in public. You should be punished for it. So if you're locked up, either you're either locked up in jail or you're locked up in a place that can actually help you. So these are things that we as a community need to come together. And And these are case by case because there's no blanket term limit for every case. You can't just say this case deserves that. There's mitigating factors. There's stuff that happens. And yeah, I 100 percent do. There are some cases you don't get a second chance from. No. And we're going to be in our next episode, we're going to be talking about some similar type situations. Yes. You told me we're going to discuss this, but you did not give me any follow-up information. So I am excited to check that out as well. Yes. All right, Crime Creeps, make sure you check us out. www.casewatchpodcast.com. Join the Crime Creep Club. Please we're not, do. We're not going to do Patreon or any of that other stuff, but we will have exclusive stuff for our official Crime Creep members over there where you'll get some additional content as well. Follow me, not Mark B. Follow Charity, Charity underscore Case Watch on Instagram. And we are always on Facebook at Case Watch Podcast. And guys, we cannot thank you enough. We get more and more people reaching out to us. It is unbelievable. We love it all. We love the support. We feel the support. We hear you. And that's why we love responding. I said that we weren't going to drop the F-bomb on the show much. So I'm going to have to beep myself here. I'll beep this in the episode. <laughs> Wait, can you put like a, remember SpongeBob when they're behind the, they're by the dumpster and whenever they're saying the swear words because they think they're fancy words, it's the dolphin sound. Can you put the dolphin sound? I'll, I'll try to do a dolphin yes. sound. So we actually respond to you. You can text us as well. I, I forget to say that every yeah. time. 603-212-4600. Text voicemail and we'll respond back to you. Somebody sent a text message one day and I responded back like within 30 seconds. Then they went, yeah, you guys do respond. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. yeah. 
We do. We love it. That is one thing that I said to charity that no matter how big we get, and trust me, without giving out numbers, the podcast is huge now. Like it's not just us talking to each other in the basement. We we're talking to hundreds of thousands of people. But it's still also us talking to each other in the basement. Yeah, we are. I'm, I'm like literally looking at charity yeah. on the other as, side of the two, table in the basement. Two, we both identify as two 12 year old boys. Yes, that are addicted to true crime. Correct. But no matter how big we get, we will never be too big to not talk to you guys because this is what we do. We're just like you. We said that at the beginning. We are just like you. We yep. are true crime fans. And there's nothing more that I like because trust me, my girlfriend does not want to hear true crime. Nope. Charity's husband nope. does not want to hear true crime. Nope. And that's all we talk about with each other too. So when yep. we get somebody sending us a message, like we'll talk to you because you're our peeps, man. You're the yep. people we like to talk to. Yep. Very true. We do. And we love fellow crime creeps. Awesome. We'll talk to you guys soon. Hey, have a good day. Bye. See ya. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.